0: Wait, hold on. You you normally go, well, hello. Yeah, I haven't heard the music yet. (laughs) Bum, 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 bum. Oh, yeah.
1: They're a little bit loose, a little bit unstrung, and they've probably had a few beers beforehand. Please welcome Matt Crummins and Tom Fancy Pants Puts. With yet another episode of Matt and Tom's excellent adventure. <laughs> <laughs> well, good morning, everybody, and welcome to yet another episode of Matt and Tom's excellent podcast. You are here with me, Tom Putt, and my famous, very
0: co-host, very famous proper <laughs> reasons, but.
1: We have uh, done our own little intro today. Normally, we play our own little intro music just to get us in the vibe, but we've just skipped that because we were bantering for about a minute, and we said, "You know what? This is just comedy gold. So we should just jump straight on and record this stuff."
0: That's never a good start, though, when you when you when you point out how funny you are. So you're like, "I'm so funny. I should record this." That, that that's never it's a good start to something like, that's actually funny.
1: It's like laughing at your own jokes, isn't it? A little bit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, how have you been, young Matthew?
0: This week, I've been um, I've been really good. It's funny, actually. We got out of, obviously, we're, we're a weak lag in terms of the real world. Yes. We got out of our lockdown situation, which was lovely. Um, yeah. But it's really weird because now I just don't have the desire to do anything. I'm like, <laughs> I like, sort of feel like now that I can, because I can, I'm, Come you on. Know, I had our parents around, my parents around for dinner. We visited Laura's parents with Isla and they were right. great. And, you know, we went out for a picnic, which we could have done the week before, but... I haven't been to a shop. I haven't really. Oh, yeah. I to be honest, I'm just kind of enjoying seeing other people happy. You know. <laughs> well, this is this is it. It is nice to see people out and about, yeah. and,
1: um, and 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 uh, yeah, happy with the world, mm. and happy with their lot in life, and uh, and interacting. I've been at the gallery all week. Of course, we had a big four day sale over the long weekend here. For those listening overseas, it was a pseudo long weekend here in melbourne and victoria it's in a particular very because important we have, cause we have a very important <laughs> cause not we have a famous uh, horse race called the melbourne cup that happens in the first tuesday of every november and uh for that we actually get a day off everyone takes the day off to either do nothing go and have a picnic or sit and watch this one race at three PM in the afternoon. You know, my it's one of the richest horse racing races and most famous ra- horse races in the world, mind you. But uh, some of us, most of us, aren't into horse racing at all, so we're just quite happy to take the day off and do nothing.
0: See, my favourite part of the Melbourne Cup weekend um, situation is the tradition of eating horse steak for lunch. <laughs> For those who are overseas. No, come others. on. No? No, that's no, not <laughs> well, true. We could start a thing, you know. <laughs> if you like the driver's situation, you know. Have you ever – well, let's get serious for a second. Have you ever tasted horse? So I believe I have because I've had IKEA meatballs before. <laughs> you might remember you that they had a bit of a oh a, a, a Ooh, mix they did, up, didn't they? they? Did yeah. And to they be honest, got in
1: trouble a little bit. That's back it. Then. That's yeah. it.
0: And I think you could tell though because people really, really enjoyed them. You could hear them <laughs> whining in the background like when they were eating them, and you just go, "Wow, yeah." So, it's, so retrospectively, uh, it's pretty obvious we should have known. But um, yeah, I, I think I have eaten it. To be honest, um,
1: I was in Iceland a few years ago, and we went to this. Restaurant, and I ordered this sort of like what would you call it? like a, a horse steak? <laughs> no, I'll have the horse, horse steak. Steaks. I think I've had a horse, <laughs> like a, a meat platter with all this sort of like a plowman's lunch. Let's call it that. A plowman's
0: lunch. Do you know what a plowman's lunch is? Uh, that's I. You know, I, th- I've- I think I've had it before, but you're going to have to remind me because I've had I- I'm okay. thinking Plowden's cheese with the, the onion like, through it. Yeah, 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 yeah. Mm. It's like
1: a good onion and some mixed cheeses, a um, bit of salad mm. and mixed meat. generally cold. And oh, yeah. This, okay, cool. And I can generally eat anything, but this this what was rare meat was very strong in flavour and I just couldn't stomach it and I swear to this day it was probably horse meat.
0: Yeah. i had it before. I've have eaten worked? a rat before? You have not. I have. I've eaten a rat. Out of out of choice or uh, well, by accident? Well, no. It was definitely something I ordered, but I didn't. I couldn't understand <laughs> the menu, um, so that was. <laughs> oh hard. god! So, Where uh, the hell
1: were you? Was this wasn't down in Chinatown, was it? In no, Melbourne it was, CBD? No,
0: it wasn't. It was actually in <laughs> Vietnam, and yeah, um, we wow. were we were at a restaurant there, and. It was. I was actually with. You know, this was sort of like a, a bit of a party holiday as well. This wasn't even one of those adventure cultural experiences. But we were in this restaurant and um, we were a bit hungover, and we were like, I was just like, I just get the burger, and I couldn't read any of the things on the menu, so I just pointed at one of the burgers, and sure enough, this thing came out, and it looked like a um, a cross between ham and a chicken thigh. You know, like the kind of the stringiness of, of overdone ham with the chicken with chicken thigh kind of shape. <laughs> um, on this, and as you um, and as started, the tail just slid down your throat, you probably went, "Yeah, I probably oh, shouldn't have eaten that." I, well, I got, I got a bite into it. And I was like, jeez, that's really salty! Like, really salty!" <laughs> right? But, um, and we ended up like sort of saying, "Like, what is this?" Because I was like, "This is not. It's not salt. It didn't t- taste bad. It was just really salty." I'm like, "This is not chicken. It's not ham. It's not beef." I'm now curious, and uh, and sure enough, after a bit of a, a translating conversation, it turns out that it was indeed a rat. Uh, a rat thigh. So did you, um, did you eat it all? Oh no, I didn't. Um, once I right. found that, <laughs> I, in fact, um, I managed to remove the first mouthful from my stomach. So. Uh- <laughs> <laughs> oh all right okay
1: yeah. a bit of bulimia going on there oh,
0: right to be honest i could probably do with some of that at the moment but um uh, <laughs> no no it was uh look it wasn't a great, it, it's a good story though you know like i sometimes love these these things where you you know you this just see it. these dumb things when you're traveling and then you get back yep. and you're like oh, i can't believe i survived that i can't believe i did that but if you hadn't and, and you might go that's disgusting and, and it, it was but geez what a boring life if you never have a good story the best part of traveling is both the, the good stories and the war stories that you can tell afterwards. Yeah, absolutely. percent Same yeah. trip though. I know this is gonna this is totally off topic, but same trip. <laughs>
1: this kind of, How unusual. Hold on, Matt. We're we're only six minutes in. Oh, we need God. to be at least 25 minutes in before we get onto topic. Oh good, I can fill you that good. up.
0: You've got plenty of time. But this friend uh, same trip, um, you know, and as I said, it was a bit of a it wasn't a party holiday, like we weren't going out to nightclubs and stuff, but it was one of those like, you know. A few of the boys went over there and there was lots of beers involved most of the time. And we went on this little um this little outing on these mo- motors moped scootery things out into the mountains. And um we met someone and they want they were offering us their rice wine, some of their homemade rice wine, and we were like, hey, that sounds great. Sounds great. <laughs> and he takes us to this little shed in the middle of the rice paddy field and he pulls out this jar. And you know how they do the whole like, you know, the the dead animals in the in the rice yes, wine? Yeah, yes, right? right. so like that's fine. I'm like, okay, there's a snake in there or a lizard or whatever it is they got going. I'm fine cool. with that. Now, this guy pulls his massive jar out, and what's in there? A dead crow, feathers and all, just shoved in. No, no, like, pretty set up. It's just like, <laughs> and I look at him, I'm like, I'm he not drowned in the guy. rice wine. He, <laughs> he, he, t- he left it out in the field, took one sip, and he fell into the jar. Oh, and I looked at it, I'm like, yeah, I'm not doing that. And sure enough, my mate Scotty. Hi, Scotty. Um, yeah, Scotty. Scotty went into the Scotty, and, um, well done, mate. And, and for it. Lucky it was. It was basically petrol because I'm sure it would have killed everything that could possibly be there. But I'm like, who, mate? If there's every everything that's going to get you like seriously sick or start a global pandemic, it's drinking that wine. You know, like yeah, he would have really? been responsible for, for, for yeah, he probably caused the first round of SARS or something. So. <laughs> SARS, it was. Sar. That shit. Yeah, Crow right. Flu. Crow flu. Wow.
1: Yeah, anyway. Interesting times. Yeah, I'm yeah. trying to think of anything else random that I've sampled over the years. I have had the most incredibly hot chili sauce in Bali once. Ooh. Oh, my God. Are I you actually, a chili fan, though? Um, I'm okay with it, but nothing too hot. Okay. But this was unbelievable. This looked, I was having some nuzzy gory type thing or something else, and there was this. What looked like soy sauce on the side, probably with a few chili flakes floating in it. And I've taken a big dip of it. And I tell you what, for the next 10, 15 minutes, I was
0: in a world of pain.
1: <laughs> I oh, would love to have nothing, seen that. Nothing could have put that fire out. It was unbelievable.
0: After all the, I'm sure, like, surely you've got this on social media because you put basically everything you do on social media. <laughs> <laughs> no, no this, media no, this? no, this is the days, This is, I was a teenager. This is the 30 years ago. This is
1: the days before social media was even thought of. Wow. So, no, unfortunately, I don't have that. I'll have to go back to Bali and and relive that moment. I'm I'm sorry to disappoint you. What are you talking about? I I am quite active on social, aren't I, though?
0: You are. You are. And that's what keeps the world going. Yeah. Trump says that, but we're about to find (laughs) out.
1: I had an interview. you know that 60 Minutes interview that he cut short in the US? Yeah. yeah. I I watched uh, uh, that last night. He's, He's... He's funny. He's he's very convincing. So much so that I think he believes what he's saying.
0: I don't doubt that he believes what he's saying. That's scary. Which is yeah.
1: scary. He, he's, he's, his famous line in that in that interview that stands out for me was that that um, he wouldn't be here without social media. I wouldn't be here without social media. I use social media to get my my message out and my my word out across to. To all the people, all well, my followers. By the, time,
0: by the time people listen to this, they'll actually probably have an re- election result. So we're going to we have a result, aren't we? Because we're going to be like, oh, "Is he's going to get in again?" And then next week, everyone's going to be like, "Yeah, guys, he 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 got in. Did you not hear that?" Yeah. yeah. What,
1: what's the likelihood do you
0: think? I think is I think he's going to. <laughs> oh God, who knows? Who knows? This is the thing. This is the funny thing about it, isn't it? Like, the loudest people are not always the masses. You know, like look at Victoria. I saw a funny thing the other day. It was um, it was. The, when, when Australia re- recorded its first full zeroes day across the board, um, which yes. is very exciting for the country. And I think when you look around the world, like that's something you've got to be bloody proud of. Whether you like what's happened or not, how it's been done, don't care. You've got to be pretty proud of that fact. And um, yeah, anyways, <laughs> the, 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 pay, the, the article that was written in the New York Times about it was that Australia has turned into the new hermit nation and that no one socialises, no one sees anyone, nor talks to each other and like... Basically, oh, is that right? As though like we we become the, North, the new North Korea. All um, oh, right, we're just under and, dictatorship yeah. and we um, aren't allowed out. And I'm thinking like, oh, I don't know. I think most of us probably, you know, even when the, the the few of us in in Australia who are in lockdown, you know, we still we still go to the park and you know have a picnic. We still, you know, we, it's not yeah. right, but we're not. Yeah, they sort of made it out as though like we all lived in a very dark cupboard in the back of the house. Like, <laughs> so you never know. Yeah, but the, no people like, like it. Yeah, but look at Trump, you know, like it's easy to say that, you know, this shouldn't be a political podcast either. But you look at him and you go, he's bloody loud and his supporters are really stupidly loud.
1: But his supporters <laughs> are really stupid. Oh, God. You interview some of them at the rallies and they just are. Uh, this this yeah. logic doesn't fit into their vocabulary. No, it's but, unbelievable.
0: But how, what percentage of the country is actually like that? Well, you could say the same in the anti-masker movement in Victoria. Yes, they go out and Who spends their one day off, the first day off of freedom, protesting about not being free? Like, what an idiot. (laughs) (laughs) Was that yesterday? I saw that. that." And And I'm like, like, "Um, hold on, what What do you want about? What do you want now? (laughs) (laughs) But anyway, but you think about it, and like overseas, I'm sure people got the message that Victoria is revolting against the government. And it's like, well, no, there's a few people doing it, but it's just they're they're, they're much louder than us for staying home doing the right thing. So I think so. Yes, that's why I reckon Trump's one's hard to call because you go, well, he seems very loud, and everyone's saying Biden's going to win, but then you go, like, you just don't know what the actual lay of the land is anymore. So, who knows? Yeah. But anyway, that's that's kind of, I guess, going to be old news by the time people listen to this. They're going to be going, guys, that, that's so <laughs> guys,
1: that's so that was old. Last week, which yeah. feels like last year. That's it. what are you on about? Get exactly. on with it freaking interesting content or semi-interesting content whatever you want to talk about this week. <laughs> well, which is go on Matt.
0: well i'm gonna blow my nose <laughs> i'll make sure i put a sound effect in there
1: i got or, this shocking um hay fever that we've moved house and we're right near the race course and i reckon there's all these grasses and pollens that mary and i don't handle well because by the time i come to work i'm okay whether it's because I'm inside, although the door is open all the time, um, we just have picked this really bad area for hay fever, which will be interesting for the next three years at least while we're in that house. Yeah, you know? Thomas warehouse. We're keeping the the local pharmacy uh, afloat at the moment with with our Zertec
0: sales. So well, this is actually the perfect the perfect lead in to our topic. I know I like to make like a, a like a, a very tenuous link between what? your siblings and the topic. <laughs>
1: Go on, I'm, I'll sit back and uh, watch this one with interest. How are you going to tie this one in?
0: Well, because you've just moved house, and part oh, of moving right. house is that you do a bit of a spring clean because you know you don't want to take all the junk with you. And I know that you guys—we yes. talked about this last week. You guys went a bit crazy, and Mary was going nuts, selling—you know—down <laughs> to the down to the nearest Fruit Loop, um, the things that weren't used or touched. And um, and we we were supposed to last week because you're very organised, talk about. Mari Kondo method. Um yes, yes. tidying was, up. Yeah, and yeah, we said yeah. that we we're going to try and do that and relate that a little bit back to Lightroom or not even, you know, to Lightroom, okay, sure. That's what we use, but let's just say your photo catalogue. Don't care what software you're using. Yeah, yeah, it's right. it's more about yeah. how do you treat your pictures and um and and can we can we include the Mari Kondo method? And maybe we should explain that first. And you're, you've just freshly read the book this week, I believe, haven't you, Tom? <laughs> you are such
1: an asshole. You are, yes, yes, I, I, I did read it. And it's very much about simplification, minimization, uncluttering your life, uncluttering your brain, being at peace with the world, being
0: free, being um, lightened. It's, like she, it's the technique that she uses, though, isn't it, Tom? Do you want to explain the technique?
1: The technique, the technique. Well, Matt, it's, it's very difficult for me to try and explain this in, in this small amount of time we have. So uh, what I suggest we do is get straight into the topic and that <laughs> way if people, want to, if people want to do their own reading, they can do it in their own time because this time is very precious.
0: So the read, I, 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 I uh, guess, very yeah, limited. no, that's so. true. <laughs> yeah, and I guess, you know, we should try and save some time just to make sure that everyone has time to read the book. Everybody, everybody <laughs>
1: should have time to read the book and, and perhaps we could start a thread on our Facebook group. Yes, just...
0: Jeffrey, Jeffrey Nankervis, maybe you'd like to start a thread about <laughs> how Tom could make some time to actually read the book.
1: It's a very long book. I don't know. I just I've been very busy. You, used you don't realise you're you talking have, about how you, you read a book a day. To do where, <laughs> <laughs> so I don't read a book a day. You said you I didn't haven't
0: read accepted anywhere. You were reading I, like a new marketing book or self-help. I was day. actually.
1: I, well, well, I did that for maybe one day or two
0: days. Oh, you'd below, think, but, you just thought <laughs> I'll po- I'll post the front cover and tell people. You're one of those little Instagram girls, aren't you? Like the you know the 13 year olds who like you know like oh my god i was in paris and they are actually oh, got like a, they've got like a selfie in front of like the the art center but it's, <laughs> it's just blurry enough that you can't see that it's not paris you know <laughs> i oh, i'm so pleased that mary doesn't listen to these podcasts
1: <laughs> or that or that she doesn't get to contribute as a recording. I'm message
0: her now and tell her that you didn't do your homework because You're in trouble. because
1: she knows as, as well as I that I have an extensive collection of business and marketing books, well over 300, and, uh, and I, I haven't read most of them. And what I will do is I'll, I'll, I'll perhaps just sit down in the, in the bean bag on a Sunday afternoon, um, you know, grab a glass of wine and pull one of the books out of the bookcase, um, take a photo and share it on social media for those who might be interested in, um, in purchasing that book for themselves or reading it. And I, I will rarely get through um, a lot of that book. But, but how much of the, the intention did you get through? <laughs> the intention's there. The intention is there that if I was to read it, I perhaps would be more knowledgeable. But um, yes, I have been a bit lax with that. I must get back into my reading.
0: That's okay. We'll forgive you. But well, look, I'll explain <laughs> the Mari Kondo method for those who 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 might not have um, fully understood Tom's summary of the book. Um <laughs> So she's got this whole technique that she uses. It's about cleaning up, um, you know, tidying your house. And she's a bit of a nut job, to be honest. She's got a whole Netflix series and thing now as well. If you want to skip the book, um, didn't want to tell you about that one time, just in case, you know, you shortcut the process. But, um, and to be honest, it's not the same. But her, so her method um, is really about decluttering. And then the things that you do have, um, making sure that they are so accessible, and visible that you actually use them. Because, you know, we've all got like the junk cupboard. And so um, the uh, the rough technique that she says is don't just go through things room by room, go through things um, in different genres or areas, right? Yeah. So r- like use the house thing to start with because obviously we're adapting this. But she'd say don't go through your, 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 um, your bathroom and try and clean your bathroom and then go through your next room and clean your next room. What she says is... I think, and I'm going to, this is going to be wrong. because I read it a long time ago, but it's something along the lines of the first thing you should do is go through paperwork. So make sure you clean your entire house of paperwork and keep the stuff and scan it in that you want to keep and everything else should go out. Cool. Paperwork's done. The next thing is like objects or clothing. And then it's like, cool. You do all your clothing. doesn't matter what room of the house it lives in. You've done the clothing. Then you do like knickknack and then you do whatever. And then finally the last one is like sentimental family stuff. Because you're pretty well practiced by that point, and so the <laughs> and you whole need point, to get rid of a shitload of that stuff. <laughs> well, that's just you know. So she kind of goes through this, and the whole point is that um, when you when you find something that you you know you're trying to assess. So she like let's take a t-shirt. She says you, you pick it up and you you ask yourself the question like, does it bring me joy? And if the answer is right. no, you thank it for thank it for its service and put it in the in the throw out pile. Or if it does yep. bring you joy, it goes into the keep pile. And then things are organized in a particular way. But that's kind of not really organized, like w- what we're talking about. Right. So my my question, I know we've sort of t- kind of tread around this topic a fair bit because Lightroom's is a pretty important part of photography or, or catalogue is. I swear that everything you just said
1: in that last five minutes is exactly what I said in the previous five minutes. It's
0: almost the same. Well, just- we'll just cut my bit out then and we'll just say... <laughs> Just leave people to make up their own opinions on that. there's <laughs> um, like an echo in the room. I mean,
1: you know, everything that I say, you happen to be saying as well anyway. Well,
0: Tom, we did read the same book. So well, you expect the message to it's be it, But there. it's
1: good to have two different sort of like perspectives on it because then people are like getting two for, two different points of view that they can then go, oh, right, that's really interesting. Okay. Absolutely. And they're getting like double the value, double the content out of this podcast. Which, exactly. Which, which is why we we do this together rather than just me or you on your own, which would be, you know, extremely beneficial, but perhaps not the same value as having us two together. The, what's it called? Synergy, where the the whole is greater than the sum of the parts. That's what we're all about. Mm, yeah.
0: <laughs> <laughs> right, okay, moving on. No. So, so, so lightroom, you, lightroom, Lightroom ca- Lightroom. Just cataloging, you know, let's say cataloging. So oh, when you... Catalog. Yeah. My my question, and I want to maybe I'm going to just drill you on this one, like because we have very different approaches to this, but I th- I love this idea that when you open a picture, if it's you know to keep keep in mind, I'm going to say there's two different types of photos here. You've got like I call it happy snaps or like memory shots, so things that are purely there as a memory, you know, something you might put in your own personal photo book, and then you've got photography, which is where you kind of deliberately gone out to take a yes more you know, could call it artistic shot. I don't know, like yes. a, a yeah. shot that's deliberate, like not just from right. memory. Yeah. Um, so I'm talking about the, the deliberate photography shots, not like the memory shots. But when you go through, or even maybe you could do both, but but I've, I've been going through my, my catalogue recently and sort of looking at photos and going like, does that actually kind of, does it spark the thing that I intended it to spark? Like, you know, when I first look at it, do I have that impact or do I have to sort of sit there and think about, oh, that's right, that was this story or that was this, like, do I have to think about the back-end details of it before, um, you know, I really like it? Yeah. Before I, you know getting get you know get any enjoyment out of it and so I've been going through and doing a lot of that kind of culling and I know you do a very different approach where you kind of do a lot of archiving and basically holding on to stuff I do. And I'm i curious as to outside of your hoarding nature <laughs> um, like cause... again I'm so pleased Mary doesn't listen <laughs> well because for me like I look at my catalog and I think it's if I if I open it up and I see that there's like 10,000 photos you know um, it's easy to kind of go, like if I, if let's say not ten thousand, maybe I've got a shoot that I did. and There's like you know, took a thousand photos in a in a in a session or a couple of days or whatever, and I look at it and I maybe got probably ten keepers that I not because the other photos are completely rubbish. It's just that there's ten after you know you've adjusted and you've kind of made alterations to your position or composition and whatever. You kind of end up with you know maybe ten shots where you go, oh that's they're, they're ones I'm really happy with. But if I'm looking at a sea of Photos that I wasn't happy with, and I've got to kind of scan through it to find the, the, the small percentage that I go, yeah, they're my keepers. I find that really disheartening. I find it like almost depressing. Yep, yep. And I want to yeah. hear from you because I know you've got a very different approach. So I want to know why you hold on to all the other stuff. It just doesn't seem it's, to make sense to me. I, I don't shoot crap, Matt. That's the oh, long and well, short of it. Well, just to
1: we should have straight more to, start, to the point. Yeah, uh, yeah. All of my shit is gold, and therefore. I don't feel the need to delete anything. No, I tell you what. Um, let's, let's, let's just say that I don't delete photos. And I think that maybe subconsciously, Matt, I do that because it means that I'm more deliberate when I go out and shoot. Maybe subconsciously I'm saying, well, therefore, in order to not fill up my Lightroom catalogue with rubbish um, and I want to see stuff in my catalogue that looks good, why don't I just shoot deliberately or shoot with intent or not shoot rubbish and therefore I won't be looking at rubbish when I come to look at my photos in my Lightroom catalogue. Mm. I, I haven't explored that option before. I, I'm just putting it out there. But there's the, the practical reason and the more conscious reason is the fact that I just can't be bothered um, or do I have the time to sit there and say, should I hang on to these photos or not? Um, you know, are they significantly worse than the ones that i'm i'm happy to keep um and and go through that sort of indecisive or that that painstaking sort of approach to keep versus delete because my my theory and what i teach my workshop participants is that hard drives are cheap and uh it, it doesn't cost you much to hang on to those photos anyway and who's to say that in years to come, your editing skills in Lightroom or, or Photoshop or whatever mm-hmm. else might turn a what you think now is a, a rubbish photo into something decent because you've learnt the fact that you could crop that really nicely and add a new slider, you know, play with the new slider that's you know Lightroom's developed. I mean, look at the dehaze slider that we didn't have, you know, five years ago.
0: Very that true. Now,
1: <laughs> all landscape photographers, well, not all landscape photographers. Um, some tend to use, you know, on every shot, which yeah. I disagree with, by the way. Me too. But it I hate makes it. a <laughs> lot of difference to a lot of shots. You know, it can rescue a photo that you'd otherwise, um, you know, chuck in the bin. So yeah. um, I'm I'm of that approach that I just keep everything um, for that reason. And I actually go, I think you can. Let's say this too. Let me argue again that you can actually learn more from the mistakes you make rather than the ones that you do well. You know, we're happy to pat ourselves on the back and go, oh, wow, that worked out incredibly well. But how often do we analyse that great photograph and say, that worked well because I did this, 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 and this. Mm-hmm. We don't. We just go, ah, oh, geez, that's a cracker, unreal. Great, quick, whack it on social media, tell everybody how good I am.
0: That's Vers- that's a, you've you've practised that one, have you, Tom? <laughs> <laughs> maybe a couple of times,
1: maybe a couple of times. And then versus the ones that we don't do so well on and are disappointing, they're the ones you want to be able to sit down and have a look at and analyse and say, right, okay, what, why didn't this work? Mm, what could we do better next time? It's kind of like I'm, I'm like almost like flagellating. Is it
0: flagellating? No, not flagellating. No, I don't know that that's the right word. <laughs> might, might want to um, just quickly um, pause you know, the podcast what's that, and do some what's research that word where
1: sort of like you know you've got the cat of nine tails and you're whacking yourself on the back what's that you know flogging <laughs> maybe it's it starts with F. it's something else and um it's it's where we're it's maybe I'm, I'm doing that on purpose maybe I'm punishing myself to say don't make that same mistake next time
0: see I guess I look at it this so I, I definitely agree with that like I think I've said before on this podcast that um one of my activities we do is to is to submit resubmit photos um uh, this is in a workshop around to to submit a photo and actually have analyzed what the combination of settings and things like that are to work out what worked and what would you change if you would change anything so i I definitely agree with you the analyzing stuff makes a big difference i guess the thing for me though is like i do that i definitely go through like if i did a shoot and i'm doing the edit i'll go through that pick my favorites or pick the, the winners or whatever you want to call them um and I will, in fact, analyze them and I will analyze the ones that might have been a little bit subpar because in order to choose the right one, sometimes you've got to choose the ones you don't like first. So rather than going, that's the winner, you go, well, this is not the winner. So that narrows yep. down the field. Yeah. But then I think I kind of feel like, um, and maybe this is something that's changed a bit because I did used to hoard a lot. I've been doing a lot of deleting over the last sort of two, six months. I do feel now that um, sometimes holding on to all that baggage, I'm going to call it, that um, it's almost like I open Lightroom and when all those photos are there still, and it doesn't mean that they're totally crap, by the way. Like I think that the, when I say that uh, you know, I'm talking about deleting all these non-keepers, a non-keeper doesn't mean it's a bad photo. But as an example, and maybe this is different because I do wildlife stuff as well not rather than just landscapes which kind of just sit there and don't do much. Um, a landscape, <laughs> no, but a landscape you can be quite calculated about. Like you can sort of set everything up yeah. perfectly. So you yeah. might take five shots yes. and be like, Cool, that's my shot. Whereas, if you're doing street photography, um, you're doing portrait photography, you're doing anything with like a more interactive subject. Um, suddenly, you know, one thing, one second of, on the the shutter button, you know, in wildlife is is 15 shots, um, and so. I'm talking about if you've got photos that, yes, there's some that are just like, that's just crap because you missed focus or whatever. But then there's the whole like, this one is just slightly better because the head's turned a slightly better way, you know, yeah. than than the other. Yeah. So that's the kind of, when I say the non-keepers, that's kind of what I'm referring to. I, I think um, yeah, that's a good, a good point you make because at the end of the day, when you when
1: you shoot 15 shots of a cheetah and the head's looking at you and you've got that perfect shot and the, the glint in the eye, you, why would you keep the others? That's because just that's it. That's the perfect shot. Yeah. Whereas with the landscape, you can take one photo and you go, yeah, that's quite nice. And then you might move a little to the right or the left, take another shot, stitch a pano together, things like that.
0: Mm-hmm. And they're all reasonably good. And I think and that's what I mean fun. though is because like, but if I looked at like landscapes there, because I'm I'm notorious to take like, I'll take like 30 variations of a landscape, probably because it's not my key genre. And so I'll do some experimentation around, maybe um, composition and exposure and things. But if the key subject matter in my photos don't change between those 30 shots, like they'll change maybe the composition, but not the actual subject matter. I feel like I'm never going to publish more than one photo that looks almost identical. Yeah. So like once I have found the one that is, you know, head and shoulders above the rest, or you might even say you keep three of those 30 because there might be three where you're like, I don't know, they're all kind of like all three of them. I might come back to these. But then there's probably 27 where you go, look, they're clearly not the winner's. Yeah. Um, they're the ones that I'm talking about getting rid of because that, cha- yep. you know, that's that's knocking out 90 percent of the photos in your catalog. And a lot of people, you know, me and you probably don't suffer from this because we're you know doing this for a living. You've got a reasonable machine to run this stuff. But um, you know, a lot of people complain about slow Lightroom catalogs or slow catalogs or slow loading yeah. or you know running out of space. And you go, geez, when I look at some people's catalogs, I do a lot of like Lightroom doctoring. So you know, they'll people kind of say, hey, I've got an issue, and you know, we jump on Zoom and and, and sort out their problem. I often look at it and go, what are you doing? Because you've got all these shots here and you've got 50 photos that are almost exactly the same thing. You've marked one of them as five stars and the rest of them have got one star. Do you need the other ones? Like not saying to delete them, but have you ever sat back and asked yourself the question, do those other ones actually contribute anything to your life? Or when you open it, does it just make you, f- like you might've analyzed it. You've gone and given yourself that self-flagellation. Was that what went on, Tom? Um, <laughs> um, no, yeah. fellatiation. No. Um, <laughs> um, oh, is- but you've gone down that path. You've, you've kind of, you've done that. Yeah. And now it's time to go, cool. I've learned my lesson. And I'm going to move on rather yeah. than carrying all these things around. Like there's no other part of your life where people say, oh, no, no. Every day you should wake up and feel bad about what you've done wrong in the past. The whole point is like you've got to analyze it. You've got to move on at some point after you've made the improvement. And that's the part that I reckon is key is you learn, but then go, cool. And now I'm going to get rid of those other ones. I don't know. I just feel like when I open my catalog now, i go, wow, here's all these beautiful shots. I'm so excited. now I'm really motivated to get out there and and shoot rather than going, oh, those days when you don't have it in you, you're going, oh, I don't know. I open my catalog. I'm like, oh, they're all a bit crap because it's hard to see the, the good
1: ones. You've exposed me as a hoarder, I think.
0: I, yeah, I feel like, you know, <laughs> okay. I actually wrote, you know, I wrote an article on my website. It's not there anymore because I put all my tutorials down, what was meant to be temporarily, but now it's just, I haven't gotten back to them. But right. um, it was called uh, it was called Stop Hoarding You Talented Beast. Right. And, uh, and it was all about looking through, you know, your catalogue essentially. And, uh, you know, I've, I actually have an archive link of it. I might send it through. I'll put it on the, I'll, I'll do a show note. <laughs> you on the Facebook page. i'll send you the show notes so That's you can good. put it up notes, but um please. but it's basically yeah it's this idea of kind of yeah you know getting getting rid of the some of the, the fat around the edges and going look you want to feel motivated when you open the yeah. catalog
1: I, I love i love that concept you I, you i'm actually looking at at swinging to your side in that regard but you know what you know because of this, because. Yes, I agree. It's, it's not healthy to look back on your photos and go, geez, I shot a whole lot of crap, which is exactly what I did during COVID. I was doing some um, mm-hmm. presentations and looking through a lot of old stuff and going, oh, my God, what the hell was I thinking? Like, this is rubbish.
0: And, <laughs> you know,
1: then you kind of start to question why you bother in the first place and I have I improved it all and all the rest of it. It would be a lot better for the soul to open a Lightroom catalogue and just see all your great stuff.
0: And I so think part of that can, is, you know, you've still learnt your lessons along the way, right? Of course, of course. They're, they're with you forever,
1: particularly if you've been doing it for as long and, as you and I. But then the, what, what stops me from doing that is not the whole, the, probably, yes, it's probably the hoarding, but also too, I'd, I'd hate to think that I, I would delete a photograph that I should have kept. But then also to the time factor. Like, can you imagine me going through fifteen years of digital landscapes? Oh God, no! Hundreds Of thousands of photos. Hell no! And doing that sort of cull—that's—that's—that's. That's, that's, I need a third wave to do that, and I don't wish that <laughs> upon anybody. I need another hundred and eleven-day
0: lockdown. Well, you know come, what? But I think that I—I I say I tend to agree with you. Like, I—I wouldn't have done this had I not been in. Lockdown and had you know some moments where i was just like i'm just sitting at my computer waiting for something to render or just you know just you know i've got a couple of quiet days but i think what i've learned from it is that now going forward like you know even i'll use a really simple example so i got a new phone and um you know how you on your phone your camera roll it just you know stores everything and they sync to the cloud then they sync to your computer and stuff which is super awesome um but i have a habit on my phone of taking six or seven shots at in a row of the exact same thing, just because, you you know, I know you yeah. can like do the adjustment of, you know, live photos and crap, but I tend to take like five or six photos of the exact same thing. I don't know why it's just a bad habit. Um, and, you know, then I go through and pick the one that I like, send that to wherever I was going to send it to, but I never used to delete the other photos or on Is like a workshop. It might be, a, yeah, I might be demonstrating. That you can it <laughs> <laughs> God, projecting three, much. One.
1: I don't need to see one a day, one full uh, stop, not one every day. Thanks not much. one every.
0: Well, okay, I'll 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 add in the show notes. I'll be a little bit more um, discerning about the ones I send you. Um, but yeah, I've been getting through and culling those, and and you know what? It brings me a lot of joy now to open my camera roll, and it's like, okay, from what's happened in the last couple of weeks, there's no photo in that camera roll that looks remotely the same.
1: You have too much time on your hands to go through the camera roll on your phone to be able to look at... I do
0: it at night when I'm sitting in bed. Like, you know, when you just can't sleep straight away? Yeah. yeah.
1: Well, they say you shouldn't do that full stop. They say you shouldn't be on your electronic devices for a couple of hours before you go to sleep.
0: They say lots of things though, don't they, Tom? Should
1: I send you a a book? I've got a great book by um, this lady, Kondo, who's all about tidying stuff up,
0: you know? yeah you should send it across
1: read it read it i had a disaster during the week matt that is very much related to this topic
0: doesn't sound like you at all tom
1: i was getting my computer ready for a presentation here at the gallery and sitting behind the computer of course my two eight terabyte hard drives with pretty much all the digital photographs i've ever taken and one thing led to another, and they crashed to the ground.
0: Concrete fell
1: a good meter, meter and a half to the ground, and I'm like, "Oh my god, please don't, please don't let that of you know like okay. that was and the
0: end, end right there." Go <laughs> back
1: like one minute earlier and have me unplug those drives and just put them away safely. <laughs> I waited a few days before I plugged them back in again, and
0: one and was- dropped them in water and had to leave them in rice. Like what <laughs> leave them? For- uh, yeah, they'll be fine. They'll be fine. They're yeah. just going to dry out or it's going to reform. It didn't
1: work. I plugged one in and it worked and the other one didn't. So I'm like, that's fine. Okay. So clearly those drives are probably not going to be much good anyway. Um, so I should do an extra backup. So I went to Officeworks and got um, more more of them. And, and besides, it was a good thing to happen anyway because – in some regards i'm trying to see the silver lining here because <laughs> i've got i've got those um desktop hard drives that you need to click them into a power source so you've actually got to put the yeah. in and the power source which is a pain because these days Don't obviously, love that. all you do is just have your very lightweight and small you need um, affordable Sam- usb drives
0: that you just plug straight in with samsung one t5 or the samsung wow. tx if you've got some extra cash up your sleeve yeah,
1: you see, This is it, man. i'm going for the. Hundred and fifty-seven dollar four terabyte Western Digital oh, hard drive. Oh Tom,
0: no wonder they're breaking. God. <laughs> I
1: anyway, i i bought I bought those, and I'm doing a backup now, which is great. But in fact, one of my backup drives has also failed as well. So I'm like, that's okay. I'll just I'll just replace that drive that I dropped with the backup. So it's good to keep that current anyway, because drives don't last forever. So I'm doing an updated version. I'm halfway through this updated version and the drive fails. So my backup drive has failed as well. Tom. The only thing I have left, so that's two backups that have gone, right? Well, there's the original files plus the backup. And, of course, I always say to everybody, you should have three copies of your digital files. The only other backup I have is at my parents' place. So over to their place and hope that the drive that I've left at their place works. Oh,
0: God. He hurt my soul.
1: In fact, in fact, now that I think about that, I'm I'm actually questioning whether or not that those drives are at their place because they may have put them in a box
0: at some stage and said (laughs) Murray condoed them. Does this bring me joy? No, reminds me of my son. (laughs) Chuck it out. Chuck it out. Well,
1: we shouldn't talk about the relationship (laughs) I have with my parents, but that's another topic. That's that's a totally different Um, podcast. But I, I. and whether or not they actually did give them to me at one stage and say, Hey, do you need to keep these at our place or can you take them? And I might have brought them back to my place, which means that which is a good thing, which means I've got the drives here, but it might be a bad thing too, because I might not be able to find them. Can you oh my god. Maybe you should think bad.
0: about putting like a plushy rug under your workspace just so when they <laughs> do inevitably fall off the desk and plummet to their death. Um Fall
1: off the desk anymore? You know why? Because they're not the big bulky ones with all the cords mm-hmm. hanging off. Last time, they're just the little portable ones now. Well, tell they, me, Matt. Best yeah, investment. I,
0: sorry, yeah. Go. So
1: those, those you're talking about a spinning drive and then a solid state drive oh, under the center. Solid, straight, solid state, solid way.
0: state. Yeah. So How I use. Much I've, got, I've got two different sounds. things. I use. I've got my my system. Um, I have a lacy twenty terabyte raid that sits. Right. Um in literate like so one of my students um billy catlow love him to pieces um he, oh, a big shout out to billy yeah he's a uh he's he's a um a locksmith and um he built me a hard drive cage that is now mounted onto the desk so this is this is this 20 terabyte <laughs> lacy drive is padlocked into a cage that is really. attached to the desk it's actually quite beautiful he did a great job of it oh. um and so I use that. That's like my main drive. I then have a Drobo, which I don't like. It's oh. not a, I, I don't like them as a functioning drive, but they are fine for backups. Drobo, I had one of those.
1: It killed a hard drive and then I yeah. did some research online and everyone else was saying the same. So yeah, I it had it. A, couple
0: of, a couple of dead drives in it. But oh. because it's a backup and it's rated, so if, it, if I can lose two drives in it before I have an issue, right. um, so the Drobo does the backups. But then I've got a working drive. Yeah. So, um, I use the Samsung um, T series now. Depending on how much money you want to spend, um, the the T3 is one that I've I've got. It's just been there forever. It's sort of when they first came out, they were really expensive. But T3 Samsung SSD drives—they're about the size of a credit card yeah. um, and less than a centimeter thick. So they're very, very small in solid state. So they don't—if you drop them, it's less of a less of a potential yeah. they're going to break. Yeah. Um, they also don't wear out as easily. But right. the T the T3s, which are the old ones, you can now pick up for like. I think it's like 200 bucks for a terabyte, right. which I know it's terabytes, not a huge amount, but this is a working drive. So this doesn't hold like all my archiving crap. It's like what I'm doing, you know, this month. Yeah. Um, The next one's up, the T5, that's the new version. They're faster, um, yeah. which I think is, you know, for some people probably a non-issue. If you're shooting on like a camera that's a 20 megapixel camera, probably not going to change your world. If you're shooting on DA50s or your Pentax, then, you know, Tom, then, uh, you know, we're dealing with big files. It it does make a difference. And then there's a new one that's come out, which I've got my sights set on, which I just can't pull the trigger on. They've got one called the Samsung TX, which is the fastest drive that's been made commercially available. Um, It is um, this tiny little drive, um, but they are about $1,200 for a two terabyte. Right. But they're like, the transfer speeds, to give you some context, the transfer speeds on a solid state, which is very fast, um, T5 is like, I think it's 1,000 megabits a second. These, um, the the TXs, I think they're up to like 8,000 or something crazy. So they're like, the speed on them is phenomenal. So they're almost um, faster than what you probably find on your actual computer hard drives.
1: Why is speed so important for a backup drive?
0: Oh, no, no, this is not for backup. This would be my working drive. So the backups would be my big RAIDs. Um, but yeah, for a working drive, um, I do a lot of video production and stuff. So, uh, and to be honest, the D850 files, they're hundred megabytes each, um, for the raws. And so, uh, not an issue if I'm doing hobbyist photography. So if I'm like going around doing landscapes or, you know, wildlife or maybe even wildlife actually is an issue, but landscapes, we might only have like, you know, 30 shots for the day or something or, or 50 shots for the day. But, um, when I'm doing commercial work, um, like last week I did a shoot out in the Yarra Valley and. You know, I think I clocked up 1,200 photos in the few hours that we were there. Um, The transfer of that across and then opening them up and letting them, you know, process. I've got a really fast computer, but if the hard drive's slow, the bottleneck's not happening at the computer end. And so just loading it up, letting it render for a second and then going, no, that's not a keeper. If that takes me an extra five seconds for every photo and you're dealing with a 1,000 photos, that actually is quite a bit of time. So um yeah, I wouldn't say it's necessary for most people, but I'd say that if you're doing, you know, high-capacity shooting, so yep. you might be a wildlife or a sports photographer, um, it's just so much faster just to flick through and load them. And there's other ways around that with preview files and the stuff, but but this is, you know, it's an ideal solution in an ideal world.
1: Tell me, getting back to the Drobo, because I had those naked drives that were in the Drobo that still have files on them, mm. I actually during COVID bought just one of those um, slots
0: Oh, yeah, the readers, yeah, yeah.
1: slot readers. But when I put the drives into the slot readers, my computer wasn't reading the drives
0: or the no. drives weren't. <laughs> no, that doesn't surprise me at all. Well, it depends I, how you set your RAID up, to be honest. Well, because because a, RAID, a, a RAID drive, the point of it is it writes the same data across multiple files. Yeah. So yeah. let's say you have, let's just, you know, we'll really simplify and dumb it down. But you've got one photo, right, on a RAID drive. You'll find, and the, and let's say the RAID drive has got five actual hard drives in it, you'll find 20% of each of, of 20% of the file on each drive well, it's not technically like oh. that because it's not one file, but, but it, it scatters things across multiple drives to help improve read speeds. It actually breaks up the file or not? Or so just break the file, file or not. but like think about it more like there's a cluster of, a cluster of files, right? right. So um, it will break files and structures up across multiple drives. So it's really efficient. You know, think about yeah. it, one drive is, is a certain speed, but if it's only got to read 20% of the data, and yeah. you've got five of them all working, then you've, you're speeding up your system by five times. So right. you can, you can depending on whether you use like RAID 0, RAID 1, RAID 2, RAID 3, et cetera, um, it breaks the files up differently. Or if you're just doing a pure mirror RAID where it's got – it just duplicates the stuff across. Yeah, um, that's,
1: what I th- that's what I thought I yeah, had. Yeah, so I'm surprised
0: I wouldn't open because that's really like – that's the slowest okay. version of using a RAID. I because- wonder whether the, the drives are actually
1: so old now that they just – well if you, you want,
0: if you want, I can pull my Drobo drives out and you can stick your Drobo drives in and it should read the same if, it's, if it was done on Drobo. Very romantic, you know that. It that, does, means doesn't that, I
1: actually, that means that means not I actually have to come over to your place and consume wine and, and have fun.
0: We could have we, oh, I could do it in the bubble we bath. The
1: bath. <laughs> <laughs> I'm so glad you said bubble bath because I'm not hopping in no bath without bubbles.
0: Buddy, yeah, not after know, lockdown, or, no. Or, or shorts
1: or something. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, all sorts of visuals that I don't need.
0: No, but uh, on like, but on that note, Tom, it's uh, <laughs> 45
1: minutes and we've reached our limit,
0: and um, and we reached the limit as well in terms <laughs> of what they're willing <laughs> to listen
1: minute. to. <laughs> you know what? I go through none of my content that I had today, by the way. So oh, I think
0: yeah, maybe. Yeah. I notes. I'm I so sorry notes. I made you read the book, and and then to find out that you didn't need. I wrote my whole podcast today. That's all right. Sorry, next week.
1: I've got I've got like five or six different things that people could do in order to tidy up their Lightroom and catalogs. Well,
0: we could do a continue. Maybe next week we could do like I mean. a, the first bit could be a continued, and then we could start the next topic. We could do that. We could be like the first podcast who just never gets through a topic and they always split it. <laughs> that sounds like a really uh, popular. Do you,
1: do you think that's a, a new a new concept or
0: not? Oh, to be honest, I'm not. I, I don't know enough about the world to, to be able to tell. Well,
1: let's 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 pretend that we're groundbreaking. Sounds even though good. We might not be, <laughs> Matt. It's been a pleasure once again. Thank you, everybody, for listening. Make sure you jump onto to the um, Facebook group in order to see all of the show notes that Matt promised you. Oh yeah, I'm gonna send it. that across. So going on? <laughs> yeah, remember that. Remember that. Um, and we look forward to hearing—not hearing—we look forward to joining you next time. Yeah. On the fabulous Matt and Tom's excellent Excellent podcast. podcast. Catch you next week, guys. See you later.
0: Bye. Bye.